Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. One of the most important things about auditioning is getting yourself in the right headspace while you're in the waiting room. We're going to talk about it today. Acting Class Weekly with legendary character actor Sean Whelan. Lessons, tips, and insight into the craft and business of acting from a man who's been directed by the likes of Spielberg, Eastwood, Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Michael Bay, Wes Craven, Tom Hanks, and many more of Hollywood's A-List. He is 30 years an actor and your professor, Sean Whelan. Bonjour, Roxy. Bonjour, Sean. Look at this fashionable jacket that I got tailored, or fit to fit for me in Paris. You look very suave. Do you dig it? It makes your eyes pop. That's what my lovely girlfriend said. I was said. expecting something goofy. No, no, no. No, you I look wanted amazing. to show. That's what I mean. That's kind of why I wanted to spin it that way because you i thought you thought like a goofy beret or yeah, like you said a, a cape. cape or something no i wanted to show you now the story behind this really quickly well, for anybody on itunes sean had yes. me close my eyes yes. until we did the cold, the open. cold open and then sean surprised me with a very spiffy coat yes and it's tailored so my big fat belly looks thin you it's like spanks what big fat belly come on don't, don't start with me. You don't know I don't. I don't lie. I to know you. you don't. I know you don't. But I, you <laughs> to know, you. a thin, right? A thin guy with a little pudgy belly is worse than a bigger guy. So I feel like I have a little pudgy belly. I gotta see this it. This tailors me in a little bit. You see what I'm saying? See how that tailors? It's me? really good. Sharp, right? You, and, but you showed Jeff before you showed me. No, I didn't actually show him. I just oh. told him I was going to do this. But he saw it. Obviously, he when couldn't we were, close his eyes. While he couldn't close his eyes. Close his eyes. Right. So. This came from when we saw uh, Paul Simon live at the Hollywood Bowl. His new look is kind of like black T-shirts with really cool jackets. And he's 75, but he didn't. it didn't look, you know, like, oh, he's trying to look young or anything. It's just kind of like a sharp look. And I thought, I really want a cool jacket for premieres and parties that kind of pops a little bit and the shows my eyes. So I thought, I'm going to do this. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to surprise Roxy with the... Uh, not the professor look, but kind of like sharp Parisian Sean today. You could still be a professor. Yeah. Professor of cool. Yes, professor of funk. I'm sorry. That, uh, I think that was the worst it improv. Add no, to what it didn't I add. Did. No, no, no. Professor no. of hip. Professor of, I'm not going to say, I feel like everything I'm going to do is fail, but that's not committing. So I'm going to say professor, professor of fun. Oh, God, I'm off. I'm, Rad. Let, all right. Dope. No, no, I know. Chill. I'm gonna any smooth. any mistake I make, I'm gonna blame on jet lag. I just came back from on a 11 hour flight from Paris yesterday, so any mistake I make, I'm just gonna say jet lag. I think that that's mm, doable. <laughs> Bye. I'm sad that you're I'm that, sad that you're that open to that. It says that you're ready for me to make a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, today we're gonna talk about. Getting ready for an audition. But before we do, again, jet lag, Miss Phenomenal, Roxy Stryer, as always. And in the booth, uh, Mr. Funtabulous, my producer, Jeff Graham. Great to be here. I have to clarify something quickly. Yes. You guys said that I didn't have my eyes closed for the entirety of opening our show. But to be clear... I had my eyes closed back here as I started the show. Wow. That is not true. I didn't do that. Oh, <laughs> gosh darn it. That would have been amazing. But, Sean, I must say, I mean this in the best way. Right. It's very sweet to see you be so excited about a piece of clothing. Really? I don't know why. There's something so endearing about it, and I'm, still, is, I'm what, psyched wait, what for you. what does that mean? Because I'm a slob all the no, time? No, no, no. I don't know what he means. It's just something... There's a this studio Afterbus TV is full of a lot of millennials. Okay. A lot of uh, very... Um, I, I would say when they come in, it's more like 
yeah, of course I've got the coolest new thing. I got okay. the and for you to be here being so excited about the jacket. Right. It's it's cute. It's it sweet. Fits. It, fits. it fits. It's a little nice. Bit. I don't know if that's what you meant, Jeff, but that's, that's how... exactly what I meant. Yeah. It's it's not it's fun to see you be conscientious about something besides yeah. acting. You're so studiously conscientious about acting. <laughs> Thank you. So it's fun to see you, you know, just kind of rock that. It jacket. is. It's kind of but I when we saw Paul Simon, I was like, now that's a look that I could wear that as as like I said, a seventy five year old guy, and it still didn't feel like ugh, you know. He looked sharp. So you're planning on having this for till you're seventy five. Oh, I'm burying myself in this jacket. Mm. I will be cremated in this jacket. You're gonna get cremated. Mm-hmm. Don't want to take up the space. My dad's getting cremated too. Freaks me out. I don't want to take up the space. It's not very Jewish of you. It's not Jewish at all. Yeah, actually. So today we're going to talk about. Uh, there, so we were. I was breaking this down to do auditioning, but. And we talked about, please listen to uh, the, uh, an earlier episode where we talked about breaking down the material, feeling confident with the material and getting ready. But then there's really getting into the psychological headspace and also like really dealing with the waiting room, getting there and stuff like that, that I really wanted to break down. I started to write once you get in the room, but there's so much information I wanted to talk about that I really just wanted to section this part off. I'm really excited for this today, Sean, because for me, the waiting room was the biggest surprise and change moving f- cross country. Really? Yes. Different differences. The differences, especially because I, I was in high school, I was young, but I was performing sure. in all the time. And so right. auditioning I was used to, but the concept of a waiting room right. was not the same thing. The school hallway. And so, or, right. Yeah. And, and you kind of can go in your own place. It's a big place. You can, even when I was in the separate troop, you, you'd have your own times. Nobody was really around you. Right. When I came out here and you would be sitting in, in a small in a space. Small Space people are talking chairs. to you. Yeah. You don't know how to do it. It threw me off for I'm going to say two years. Yeah, because, easily uh, because of the kind of person I am. I'm new yes. to Sean, so yes. I'm really excited to. I still need tips from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on this one. Yeah. Um, and before we do that, we're going to talk about my week. And I'd like a little Parisian flair with Sean's week. Am I'm going to go down high. Or, you're going to go up. Okay. I, I'm, I think from now on, you always go low. I'll go high. What are you, Hillary? Wow. You mean Michelle? Oh yeah, she's the one who did it. <laughs> Hillary borrowed it though. <laughs> but I but I feel like it's 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 funner to have me go high and you go low because it's more obvious that a female you know what I mean? You mean Michelle. Michelle. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it, is, it is Michelle. She is the one who Yeah, said it is Michelle. But I'm but let's have a little Parisian okay. flair on yep. it. Ready? One, two, three. Sean's week. That was really we, that's a we, like, like a, that's like in a, in a bizarre like an Andy a, Warhol. Should we do it with a French accent? Yeah, let's, th- I I did. <laughs> that was my French accent. That, I did do that it. That was a, the French accent. Okay, I'll do it harder. Uh, Ready? Wait, do it solo. Sean's week. Oh, that French, was yeah. that better? Yeah. Sean's week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready? No. One. That's good. Ready? We're kind of Russian. Ready? One, two, three. Sean's week. Jeff? I, I'm in. Are you guys ready? Yeah, ready? One, One two, two, three. three. Sean's week. Oh, his was so much better. Took French in high school. So, so much he better. He had more time to repair. We had to do it on the spot. We did. And what a segue because today's is all about preparation. And before we talk about that, we need to prepare you for how to deal with After Buzz TV. Yeah, very true. Uh, one of your strongest <laughs> segues that we've had yet. Ever. After Buzz Ever. TV, guys, here's something that you can do for us. If you love this show or any of our after shows for, oh, hit it with that music, Jeff. Yes. Thank you so much. See, he was prepared for Sean's week, but yeah. that, that delay to our music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So After Buzz, what we really, really ask for you, from you guys, uh, we're giving you all this free content. We've got tons of after shows for everything from sci-fi and fantasy to reality TV. TV to WWE, whatever you're watching, we have an after show for it. And original shows like this, Acting Class Weekly. But what's helpful to us is actually if you guys rate, comment, subscribe. So what does that mean and why does it matter to us? Rating, commenting, and subscribing means that if you're on iTunes or YouTube, we actually get bumped up in the amount of people that can see us or find us that don't already know about the show. So it causes visibility for our show, which is really important for the longevity of our show. And also, especially in the comments part, we read those comments and then we talk about them on this show. We did an entire episode with your guys' comments, which is yeah. really, really great. Also from Sean's Facebook, those came as well. But mm-hmm. if you guys are on iTunes or YouTube, if you leave us that five-star, that thumbs up, 
really makes a difference to the show. And I know that we're we're bringing this all to you. So if you want to give back to us, that would be extremely helpful. We appreciate it. Uh, and it would be a nice warm welcome from Sean, who came back from Paris. He would like those stars, please. I certainly would. And... <laughs> I love it. Uh, the Paris would. stars, American stars, as you the come American back. The American stars, as I come Although, back. They might be listening in France. Sure, that's uh, the beauty of podcasts. Yeah, it is. So the I'm moving on. I'm yeah, sorry. You, you, I, I, do you feel rushed a little bit? I'm moving on. To I, I feel like I got my my spotlight time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, and I gifted you with this beautiful jacket. Thank you. Yeah. So, all right, my week. Obviously, I was in Paris. Mm-hmm. Now, what? Oh, thank you. And the main thing that you want to do, I guess this is... is Paris? I don't... I, think. I found French provincial music on... I was picturing, like, accordions. Oh, there you go. There's now, the accordion. Now, yeah. yeah, no, no, The no, beginning no. part was, uh... Yeah, the beginning part felt like Wagner. Yes. I mean, uh, okay. So, the thing about Paris um, that was great, and it goes to our theme, is that we did a lot of preparation, Meaning for your trip, yeah, we bought tickets in advance to set the day. We wanted to go to certain uh, museums, the Louvre. We went to Versailles. We bought them online. We saw so many people who were just standing in huge, huge, huge lines to buy tickets. When you literally can go on your phone and buy a ticket and wait ten minutes, as opposed to, and I'm not kidding, three hours in a line. Just the preparation was great. We did a lot of stuff on how to look in the or, or how to dress properly. How to re, you know people go oh, French are rude. Well, they weren't rude to us because we researched and said, hey, go in there and try to speak a little bit of French. And if you do, they they appreciate that you're trying. And then they'll switch to English because they'll hear your English accent and stuff. We did had such an amazing trip because we prepared, and that just goes. To the theme of today. Let me ask you this, though, Sean, because I was curious. I've known about this Paris trip of yours for a really long time. But as an actor, things come up last minute all of the time. Exactly. So so I very rarely book anything in advance because I don't know when I'm going to have a free moment. And I don't want to be out of the country or have a ticket for something then have a big audition show up or anything. Is it just that you're in the place in your career now that you can plan these kind of things? Or is this something you've always done? So I think so. Listen, this was my daughter's graduation present. So I, of course, I, you know, there's a, it's a slow period we did talk about on other podcasts that happens right after spring. And of course, I had no auditions. And the joke in acting always is if you want to get some auditions, book a trip. Mm-hmm. And of course, I had two. And I had three clients that needed coaching while I was gone, said, hey, are you in town? You know. What did you do? So I, I couldn't. I was in Paris. I said, sorry, I'm not home. You don't you self-tape know? for those auditions? The, those auditions, I, I couldn't have they, done it. And and again, the time and effort it would have taken would have removed me from my daughter's graduation gift. And I just have to say, it's okay. It's okay. There'll be more. You have to live your life. And, and what I took away from this trip will help my acting immensely. Uh, just in the experience. So you kind of do have to live life and just make a choice. And then usually if you're in the States or something like that, I will bring my camera and just tape it in the hotel room and throw my little uh, tripod in my suitcase. So, um, Also, while I was gone, I helped some new clients prepare right before I left for auditions. I had one who uh, was done a lot of modeling. She came to me. I helped her with some technique. She said, I need to get some tape, and I worked with her, and she booked a lead on a web series pilot. Wow. And then after that, another guy got pinned and got a producer session after I worked with him as well. And for anybody who doesn't know pinned? Pinned means that you're in the top maybe two or three. Great. And this is because they came to me to coach, not just saying that, you know, come to me for coaching. I'm not trying to sell that. I'm saying they prepared really hard for these auditions and put in the extra effort, hired me, and we really broke it down and did the work. So preparing is the best thing. And when I coach you, I tell you the things we're going to talk about today about going into an audition and having the right headspace. So let's jump into that, okay? 
a podcast before, as I said, prepare. Please listen to that about the material, breaking it down. We talked about all of that this before. This is once, after you've already done all this. You've done all that and you're getting ready. Then you literally have to get yourself in the right headspace. And here are a few things that I've always thought about. Number one, a friend of mine reminded me that Phil Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman, as you guys know him, friends know him as just Phil Hoffman. I worked with him on Twister. And he used to say, I don't get nervous about auditions because listen in acting unless you book a job you don't really get to act all that often but when you get an audition instead of going oh and i got an audition i want to act he used to say i get to act today i get to act i get to show them what i do i just did a self-tape that i got right while i was gone and i had to do it this morning and i thought I get to act today. I'm, I'm, you know, jet lagged and my girlfriend was really tired when we did it, but I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. Cool. I got to act today. So think of it like that, number one. It's a really great way to approach it. Number two, they invited you to see what you do, just like Phil said. They want to see you act. They want to see what you do with it. They want you to be good. They, they invited you there. They invited you to their party, let's just say. So that helps you kind of remove the nerves, if that makes sense to you. You get. I used to do auditions or some comedy auditions that I just, I couldn't wait to hear them laugh behind the camera. I couldn't wait to make them laugh. I would crack myself up for the person I'm rehearsing with up by coming up with a little choice and thinking, oh, this is going to be a blast. This is really going to be fun. And it gets you out of that, like, oh, God, I hope they like me headspace. Sean, if they want you to do a, a good job, then why does it sometimes feel like they hate you? Because there are things that come up that have nothing to do with you or the audition. They might have just gotten a call. Hey, we put an offer out to um, an actor. He accepted the offer. We booked it. But they still have to see all the people that are in the waiting room. So they may not spend the time with you, but your job is to try to break through that and um, try to break through that and still impress them with what you're doing, with your acting. So they remember you for next time. Um, I will jump ahead because you're bringing this up. I have a theory, and it's my serial box theory. My theory is simply that you say, uh, you're a producer, I want some cereal today, okay? Well, you say, bring me in a bunch of people pitching cereals. Well, there's Captain Crunch, and there's Kicks and there's Mueslix, and there's Bran Flakes. There's tons of different cereals. What the heck is Mueslix? It's really, it's a European. Huh. Muesli, right? Muesli? Mr. Fantabulous, am I right about this? Muesli? I'll look it up, Sean. I got to say, my predisposed knowledge on this is low, but I will look it up. Okay. I, I don't th- want to feel anything like called Muesilix. Muesli. I think it's, it's uh, M-U-E-S-L-I. Doesn't seem quite oh, yeah. relevant, I'm but okay. something. Huh. Yeah, you will. Uh, and you will. And that's the confidence coming from the jacket. Just letting you know well, that, that confidence. Good confidence. And, and 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 if I let me just be honest with you, if I didn't have this jacket, I never would have said muesli. Huh. It looks like it is a sort of European yep. cold cereal style breakfast. So nailed it, Sean. Yeah. I'm I am ignorant and not cultured. Well, if you had a sharp <laughs> blue jacket, you might be. Okay. Um, so there you don't know what they want. They don't know what they want. The fallacy is they go, they know exactly what they want. And, but if they did, they wouldn't be seeing all different types of people, mm-hmm. right? So your job is to walk in with a cereal box that has all the right ingredients, that it has the box nice and artistically made, that um, is prepared and ready to be sold. So... You're not going to walk in with, uh, you know, a bag, you know, full of different kinds of cereals with holes in the bag and and different ingredients. Go, oh, this would be great if I had this ingredient, but I don't have it today. You're just walking in there with your cereal box. You don't know if they're going to buy it today, but here's what you want. Say the producer says, I'm kind of in a healthy European mood. I'd like muesli today. But, man, that Cocoa Puffs looked really good for another day. So I'm going to remember the Cocoa Puffs. Booking the room. Booking the room. 
Exactly right. So you just book the room. And that's exactly what my new student said. I just want to book the room because he hadn't a long time. That was his only goal when he came to me. And that's what he said. I did it because I got a producer session out of it. I booked the room. So that is my cereal box theory. Does the cereal box theory make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. In, in my head, I'm picturing prom. You know, you go in, and I was right. like, okay, I, I know I want a a prom dress. It's right. going to be long, but I don't know what. And then you go. And wedding dresses wedding dress, or whatever. Yeah. But you're not going to look at one that's ripped and yeah. stained or, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. Or it's like a pantsuit, and you're like, well, I wanted a dress. Like, yeah, I don't maybe re- I'll wear that dress to a different one, but yeah, for yeah, this yeah. thing. But mm-hmm. for this thing. So it's the, yeah, it can Let's be. Let's keep going with the analogies. Cereal box, prom. Wedding. If I want a burger, Jeff, I'm not going to get any. Gonna, what is your uh, analogy situation there? <laughs> no, this is a little uncreative, but maybe uh, groomsman suit shopping. I like that, too. Shoot, not a huge reach shopping. on that one. But. No, I, I, guys, I open with cereal. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not really it's not really about – but if you, you wanted a hot dog, you wouldn't go and go to a place that has carrots. You know, I mean, right. you know, you want – to have so you just shape. have to be sold you have I get to be sold properly so that's your job now going back to saying they want you to be good there's always a cynical side and this is what i learned when i had a anxiety about flying and it was funny because i had an anxiety about flying uh that was really just about like the loss of control um but it and then one uh, for a while there was scared of like oh gosh what if this crashes right they say it's very common when you have little kids and I a, a three year old or a four year old and a one year old because it's like oh god I don't want to be you know I don't want to miss out on them right so I sat next to a pilot and it was fantastic and I talked to him and he said you know he gave me all the all the physics of it and how it's safe and this and that and you know it didn't hit me until he said. Listen, and if that doesn't help you and you're cynical, crashing's bad for business. <laughs> As an airline company, it's bad for business. And the other part is the pilot doesn't want to die either. <laughs> so Not it, ideal. You never think about that. Well, he doesn't want to die. Why would he do, you know? Yeah. And it's bad for business. So... Guys, think about this. The casting director bringing in actors, let's say they bring in 30, and then they only feel that they can bring three to a director when they had, they say, out of 30 people, you only got three that were halfway decent? You're not a very good casting director. So it's bad for business. So they want you to be good. No one's against you. They want you to be good. It, it's a cynical point of view, but I think for some reason that hit me. For them to look good, we need to look good. We need to look good. So they don't want you to be bad. It does seem like they hate you sometimes, but they literally, they're people. So they might have gotten off the phone. Your kindergartner just bit a kid, and we have to have you come pick them up. Hang up the phone. Who's next? Sean Whalen. Do you know what I mean? You don't know what bummer came in. for John. Bummer for me. Yeah. And here's my other theory that's really important: is see them as collaborators. I don't use the word casting directors. I say my collaborator. You want to work with them so they can get what they need, a good audition for you, and you can get what you need, which is a good audition uh, for, for the them. producers yeah. and the producers for the project. So collaborate with them. We're going to talk about that more specifically when we talk about walking into the actual room and how to handle that. But if you think of them that way, and then also also philosophically, which I'll expand on on the next one, is it's like a date. It's like a date. Sometimes, like you said, sometimes they hate, well, sometimes they got that phone call. Well, you could go on a date, but we don't walk out of a date when it's a bad date and go, it's all my fault. You just go, well, that wasn't a good fit. Wasn't a good fit. Wasn't a good fit. But actors, for some reason, always beat themselves up. Right. And I don't know why we do that. Because we feel like they're gatekeepers. They're g- this role is going to change my life. Lose that thought. It is not. You just asked me, what about Paris? Well, I missed two auditions. Maybe something great would have come from those. But I had the chutzpah. To say, I'm going to go to Paris and this will 
be remembered by my daughter as a graduation gift for the rest of her life. But me doing a week on a Netflix series that people don't watch that much is not. So they are not gatekeepers. They're not going to change your life. It's not the ro- There's no such thing anymore, guys, as the role of a lifetime. Some, I mean, all, so many ducks have to be in a row for the mm-hmm. role of a lifetime. But, you know, you never know which is going to be the role of a lifetime. I have just got a, I was just talking about it in another episode about a movie that I'm probably doing in a couple weeks that was a small role in a horror movie that this director had seen. And I certainly didn't think that one I had done before was going to be the role of a lifetime. But it brought me to this one. But the one on paper that seemed like, oh, this is going to be the role of a lifetime and an opportunity, the casting director and I did not get along at all. What was that one? Uh, it was a Seth MacFarlane show. And we did not see eye to eye in the character at all. So you never know anyway. So don't put that in your head too. So what I'm trying to do, if you guys are getting what I'm saying, is clear your head of all the things that make it scary, negative, life-changing, something that being judged, you know, that you have to do well or else you're a loser, like just to get all those things out of the way. Okay. So this is the kind of headspace you want to work on when you're in the waiting room. So nuts and bolts. Let's talk nuts and bolts. Please leave in plenty of time. Get there early. Get there early if you can. I like to try to get there a half an hour early. Half an hour before the, my call time. So okay. my call time's at two. I'd like to get there at one thirty. Latest for me, one forty-five. That's when I would like to get there. If, but really, try to be there a half an hour. Why? Because if I don't make it there in a half an hour, and there's traffic or there's an accident, I have a huge cushion now for any problems, car problems. Uh, the car doesn't start. Oh, I forgot, you know, my head shot upstairs. I have to run back in or I spilled something on my shirt. I have to go grab another one. You know, mm-hmm. leave plenty of time for emergencies. Parking problems. They say they're street parking, but then, uh-oh, it's street cleaning day. That happens all the time. All the time. All the time in Los Angeles. So you have to leave time for that. It just gives you a nice, nice cushion. So make sure you leave in plenty of time. Plus, talking about the Paris trip, my girlfriend was like, listen, let's get there early and hang out. And I was like, ah, you know, getting there early and, you know, I'd rather get there closer to the flight, blah, 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 right? She was so right. We walked around the terminal. We sat down and had a nice meal. It kind of got us in a relaxed headspace before we had to get on a Wine ten and a half no. hour flight. Uh, they served that right when we took off. Great. So that was really good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it it just relaxes you. It, it takes that pressure off of you. So nuts and bolts, That obviously you're not going to feel rushed too. So then if something happens, you go, well, at least I have an ex- extra 10 minutes. So that's really good. If they ask you to bring a headshot and resume, Bring a headshot and resume. So let me ask you this, Sean. It is 2019 right now. That's when we're recording this. I know. If they do not specifically ask for a printed headshot and resume, do you not bring one at this point? You want to have one in your car always. Now, this is different for me, and I'm going to clarify this. So many people have me in their database at this point. They usually don't care if I don't have one. And unless they really ask me for one, I usually don't worry about it because they all know me. You know, most of the casting directors I go in for. You're being called in on purpose. And I've seen them for years and I'm in their database and they all that. But if you're starting out and you've done. But even me, I have headshots and resumes in my car just in case. Because worst case scenario, they say. Hey, we need you to have a headshot and resume. Didn't you see it on the email? Oops, I did not see that part of the email. Let me run to my car. And then you have it. Some people just always have it in their briefcase or a little in their backpack, you know, just to have it just in case. So that's really important to have. And again, you're having all your bases covered so you don't have to worry about these things other than what you need to worry about, which is doing well on the audition. So for the people who are listening to this that aren't you, Sean, should they walk into the room with a headshot and resume if it was not specified? 
you can. There's no downside to it. Okay. There's no downside to it. That's not like they're going to look. It doesn't make you look, look green. No, too. it doesn't make you look green. Just to have it. Just to have it with you. But if you do feel self-conscious, guys, just get a little briefcase or a backpack or something like that. And then they don't have to see what you have in there. And then no one thinks, oh, you look green or whatever. So that's my advice for that. All right. So when you physically get into the waiting room, the first thing you're going to do is look for the sign-in sheet. Now, the sign-in sheet is usually from Screen Actors Guild, AFTRA, which is our union. It is specific. It says, you know, name. Then it says your social security number. They have now said that because people were getting their social security number stolen, that you don't have to put that in. So if you see that, don't worry about it. Just don't put it in. No one cares. No one holds it against you. It's kind of passe. And then the new ones, I hope, I haven't seen very many, but a lot of them still have the Mm -hmm. social security thing. Just ignore that. Here's one thing that I get in trouble all the time. When you sign in, Sign in legibly. I've done this for so long that I just kind of, and then they'll come out and go, Schlingy, worse goer. I don't. Yep, uh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's me. And, and they always go, Sean, come on, dude, just write. Yeah. So I can read it. If you have to use all capital letters. Yeah, and that's, that's a, what I that's do a now. Trick for that's what I do all now. Capital so block write, letters. Write legibly. Nowadays, there's even things they're doing electronic mm-hmm. sign in as well. You do it on a little uh, touchpad, like an iPad. They what else computer. do they ask you for, Sean? That and then uh, date. Then they say time of your appointment, so you'll know what that is. Say two o'clock. Time of arrival. I'm going to say one thirty, right? Because I got there half an hour early. Then it will say. Um, signature and then sign out time. Now, what is that about? If they hold you for longer than an hour from your appointment time, they have to pay you money. SAG owes you money. I think it's like $40 for a late fee. So we'll say I sign at one thirty and I get out at 2.30. I can't say, hey, you owe me. No, my appointment was at 2. I didn't leave at 3. This is bigger on commercials. Commercials have huge, huge waiting rooms. So to make sure you get your money, always write in pen. Huh. A lot of times you'll go to these commercial auditions and they'll only have pencils. Two things that I've heard as well. Take a uh, picture of it if you think you're owed something. Take a picture right. on your phone so yes. you have that. And then the second That's thing is... a great one. I, I didn't even think of that. I actually know somebody who did not book a job because... They lied about their time in, and they got caught about when they were. They said the wrong time in. They wrote down because they were late for their appointment. They lied about the time that they got when there. When they signed in. When they signed in, had an excellent audition, and then they looked at that, and they were like, we do not work with liars. That's a real story wow, that happened to somebody. that's amazing. I don't know Wait, how. Because m- they put it in that they, they were there earlier. Early. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just keep track of that kind of stuff. Don't. Sign in in pencil. If they only have pencils, they're really not supposed to offer only pencils. Now, a lot of times, they don't offer anything. You know, sometimes they'll have some pens there. But just make sure you sign in in pen legibly. Then the most, if you get in and out within 15 minutes, 20 minutes, not over an hour, it's not crucial that you sign out. It isn't. But if you do, and it's past that hour, make sure you write the sign-out time. That's really important because they have to pay you. So that's the official. So you'll sign in. This is for SAG. This is for SAG. Yes, non-union. Not non-union. Right, not non-union stuff. A lot of times they'll just say name, and sometimes they'll ask for your phone number, your cell phone. If it's an independent movie, don't be freaked out. That's kind of normal. Or your email, that's kind of normal. So don't worry about that. And then they'll ask you representation probably your agency, and you want to put that in as well. So do that. Then uh, here's a sign-in tip for you. This is definitely more for commercials, but I believe it's for theatrical as well. Try not to be the first one. Let's say the audition started two. Sometimes you have to. Like sometimes I have other auditions or I have a client or something, and I have to go in and, you know, go right at the beginning. So I'll give you a tip. If you can, try not to because the first few people – because you can also 
see the sign-in sheet, see that you're the first woman person, and sign like the fourth line or the third line, and let other people fill in above you, or just not sign in and wait. How come, Sean? What they say, and I've talked to a lot of people who do casting, is they're trying to figure it out a little bit in terms of how they're filming, what they're going to uh, do for the character. Also, the reader probably the hasn't reader gotten the flow of it yet. The reader hasn't gotten the flow of it yet. Uh, maybe they're saying, you know what, this works probably better sitting down. I'm going to adjust the camera. You know, the, this, again, for commercials, this is crucial to try not to be the first person because they work out a lot of kinks. I like to go, you know, if they say, and you have the time, oh, it starts at 2. Can you come in at 2? Uh, sure. Go there too, but just sign in, you know, be there. And they, so they see you're there. Just sign in a little later and say, oh, I just need a little more time to prepare and let them work out the kinks. That's my tip. But if you have to, make sure if you know that's the case, make sure that you are in really good shape with your audition because then it can work in your favor if you're really good. You're the benchmark that everyone has to. Now, I've done that. A few times where I had them laughing so hard and rolling so hard and and they even would say like, whew, someone's going to have to knock you off that uh, mountain because that was awesome, you know. So if you have to be first, make sure you feel super duper confident. Here's the other tip. If you don't feel confident or don't feel ready, don't sign in until you feel ready. There's a lot of guys I know that get there, they get there early because of the traffic or whatever, and there's, you know, they throw a different scene or it goes a little longer. Take the time till you're ready. What do you think about waiting in your car? If it, that's, it's whatever you need. That's what I was going to talk about next. Do what you need to do. I know, like Gabe in my play, the guy that was a nerdy guy that you said, Mike, I couldn't recognize him mm-hmm. afterwards. Before our show, he would be great talking to us. And then all of a sudden, as he was turning in, he, this is an actor who played, he's a partner of mine at Playhouse West in the comedy program. I'm so sorry about that. It's just going to keep going until you fix it. Yeah. i got to turn it off. So Gabe, somebody who's in Sean's show that I saw, it was yes. so, his personality was so different on stage than off stage that yes. I actually said something to you. Yes. that it, 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 And yeah, when you saw him, you said you're the person I just literally couldn't recognize. recognize. Yeah. You couldn't. He would put on his headphones. And all of a sudden, you would just see him shrink and slowly change into this character. And that's what he had to do. If you need to do breathing exercises, if uh, you need to go over, if you feel like you're a person that needs to go over the lines, just to go over the lines to know it. What is your process, Sean? I will read my lines, not perform them, but just read them as if I know them. Out loud? In your head? Just in my head. And you'll see people. Don't get thrown because there will be people rehearsing and some people will be loud. Most people try to find their own space. If you need to and it's really crowded, go find a little space for yourself. Do you think it's rude when people are performing out loud in a communal space? If they're super loud, then you know what you do? Leave them. Get away from them. You don't say anything to them? No. Just get away from them. Just get away from them. They might be trying to sabotage, maybe. You know what I mean? But, But just try to leave their energy leave their vibe um but i'll do that and then i will uh just sit and kind of relax and then if it's long then i do like to get up and i like to walk away from everybody just be alone for a little bit lean against a wall somewhere and relax and and go over it in my head and then when i feel really good i actually get on my phone and play like a silly game because then i don't want to over prepare because sometimes when you do that, you get two in your head. But then the most important thing... Are you nervous that they're going to see you? Sometimes, yeah. When they come out, I don't want them to see you. Like, I'm but on you're my on phone. phone. Yeah. 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 So that's up to you. Okay. Sometimes they think, oh, that's great. It's not going to matter if you're on your phone and you go in there and kill it. Yeah, but only you know? if you're in your head about it. Like, oh, they just saw right, me. Right, right, oh, no, right. do they think I don't care? Exactly. Right. Because exactly. I always am nervous because they say that anybody in that room that's working for them is scouting, like, to be nice to every single person, oh, which you yeah. should anyway. But the person it's who's standing great... by the sign in, the person who is yes. making sure you be ushering nice, you into the room, you never know what they're and... going to say to the casting yeah. director. So I'm always 
They've got spies. They've got eyes everywhere. (laughs) Eyes everywhere. Be nice. Be professional. Here's another thing. I've been in this business long enough. All my guy friends that I know in this business, we're gonna. I'm gonna run into guys that I know always. But I used to feel really good when I would see a friend and I'd get excited and we would chat. And then I realized I took myself out of my preparation space. It's totally fine to say, oh, my God, it's so good to see you. A friend from your acting class. Oh, my God, it's so, so great to see you. When are you going in? Uh, if you have a few minutes, let's chat afterwards. If not, I'll text you, you mm-hmm. know. But don't rob yourself of your space. There are some sinister people who want to try to get into a conversation with you and really try to figure out what you're doing and uh, catch up, but they're doing it to get you off your space. It's so rare, though, guys. I mean, these are rumors. I don't know, Sean. I mean, I don't know if it's Maybe for women. All the time. Really? All of the time. Okay. Where people I've never even seen before in rooms will come up and they'll start talking to you about things that are not necessary to talk to you about. And I I used to, because I'm an extrovert, yep. I used to talk to anybody and everybody. Sure. It is so hard to go from that to Roxy Stryer. Yep. It's a shock. It's a shock. Uh, you can't. So yeah. I, I on here, it does it mentions headphones. Yeah. Headphones sends, great. sends a, even if you're not pl- listening to everything, yeah, headphones sends a don't talk to me don't vibe. To That's me. not mean, just I'm in my own place. Yes. And now I, I rarely ever go to an audition without walking in, having the headphones in my, with nothing That's a playing. great, great way to keep people away from you. Yeah. And so for me, like, again, I know all the guys, you know, and it's great to see them, but we'll just say, hey, we'll talk afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um and if people do want to do that and they're talking to their friends, again, find your space. You have to find your space. And then this is another thing you ask what I do. When I start to get nervous, you know, if it's just long and I think, oh, I'm, I'm good for 10 minutes. And then if it gets 15, 20, I'm like, ugh. And I start to lose, you know, what I will do is literally get into my headspace about the circumstance of the character. Let's say it's about I'm going to fire this horrible, horrible underling that I know has been stealing from us. I might pace around and go, I can't wait till I get this meeting. I'm going to give that guy a piece of my mind. Yeah. And I will literally think, ponder oh, the... They're late to this meeting. They're late, they're late to this late meeting. The, oh, this, yeah. I will literally start to live in my character space. So you think and of a situation me in which the character would be would in be that, in. in a waiting. Yeah, yeah. Waiting to go that. in and do that. And I literally, and, and I can feel my nerves literally Great wash tip. away. Because you're so invested in your imaginary circumstance. My definition of acting is the one from Sandy Meisner. Living truthfully within an imaginary circumstance, then go start to live in that imaginary circumstance as truthfully as you would as if you're waiting to have that circumstance. I can't wait to talk to her and finally tell her I'm going to marry her. I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't uh, wait to tell them I'm taking them to Paris or, you know, whatever Whatever it is, is. whatever it is. Get into that space. So these are the things that you really want to do in the waiting room to get yourself into a place. Listen, take care of yourself. It's your audition. Whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, be polite, be uh, courteous to other actors that you see. Maybe you have to put in your headphones, but send the message that, hey, it's great to see you. Hey, I'm glad to be here. I'm getting ready to go in. I have to do what I need to do. Food and drink into the waiting room? No, but this is another great tip, and you and I have talked about this before, is what do you need to do? And we talked about it actually on the last podcast about, you know, I will always probably find the water and I'll always drink water. And then I will always find the restroom and try to go, even if I don't have to go to the bathroom, just to see if I have to go to the bathroom, just so I don't have that you know, come up on me uh, while I'm sitting there waiting and going, oh, shoot, now I have to go to the bathroom. And they're about to call my name. And then all of a sudden, your headspace goes there. You booked Joey Tribbiani something in Friends, though. He had to pee so bad. He had oh, that really? nervous energy. That's great. Well, it's I don't It's a TV that. show, though. I know. I know. <laughs> but, but still, I mean, yeah. that's the... Just take care of yourself, whatever that means. So, you know, 
the waiting room is a very strange place, like you're saying. But if you handle it professionally, confidently, know what you need to do, and balance your professionalism with your artistic integrity, you're going to be in a great space. Do you think that for anybody out there, it's better to be in the waiting room and be a, a chatty Kathy? I don't know if it only if it helps you and there's someone who's willing like, to yeah. talk to you. I used to be a chatty Kathy on planes because I was afraid to fly. Right. It was a way to distract myself. And sometimes that may work for someone else. But that's a tough one because it involves someone Another else person. and their process. And only if it works for you and them. Do not be – so my answer is no if it's really going to mess up someone else's audition. It's just not cool. And I even do the thing when if you, you sometimes do make really good friends. Me and Mayim Bialik, who was on um, Big Bang Theory and, and what was her first big show? Blossom. Blossom. She oh. and I had the – Funnest time in a waiting room one time. And I actually saw her at a park with her kids several times because we lived in the same neighborhood. And we talked about that day. We were, it was just us two. And we were just cracking each other up. And we both felt very confident about our auditions yeah. and what we wanted to do. So we just had a great time. Sometimes you meet great people, but it has to be mutual. Don't push your stuff on someone else. It's just not fair. So with that in mind, I'm going to tell a story about an audition that I have for um, my wife and kids, Damon Wayans. Mm -hmm. They had a character that... Was this for the, before the show was out or the show was already... My wife and kids, yeah, it was on the air. It, okay. it was an episode filming. Episodes filmed Monday through Friday. I got the call late Monday night. The guy who they had hired on Monday, they did not think was working out because he was too internal. This was an external character. The character was someone who cries a lot because his grandmother passed away and the joke was when someone you know someone has a relative or friend who dies you say gosh if there's anything i can do and it's kind of not really meant to be taken seriously and the joke was i kept on giving really strange things to do like they'd say oh well if there's anything i can do yeah i'd love to come to your house for dinner with your family and yeah you'd be like wait what and then the joke was that Damon Wayans was like trying to tell his family, in, not in front of me, don't ask him if there's anything I can do. Because it get more, it got more and more absurd till I finally said, "And please come to the funeral. Please, to his wife, wear a wig and sing my grandmother's favorite song. Oh uh, if there's anything I can do, yes, I'd love to come back here and have a sleepover on Friday. You know, like it got yeah, really, yeah. that was the joke. So the scene was... He walks into the break room and says, hey, is everything okay? And I, and the guy looks up, and he's crying and says, Grammy just died, and I don't know how I'm going to function or something like that. Well, these guys were all sitting in the waiting room talking, and I realized, wait a minute. I don't want to go in there and fake cry. So I went around the corner, and I did dramatic preparation for something really sad. I used my imagination to think of something that happened to one of my family members and got me really teary-eyed, kept myself calm, kept myself in the space. They brought me in, you know, was really quiet when I went and said hello to people. So are you crying when you walk in the room? No, no, no. I'm right on the yeah. edge. And I was sitting there and I went down. And then when I put my head up and went, my and my face was covered in tears, Damon Wayans and the producers were hilariously laughing they could not believe because i was really crying but i knew the comedy of it yeah. it's a broad show so i was broad in my comedy but truthfully crying and i it was one of those situations that we did it in the morning and then because they had fired the guy and it was tuesday it was nine on tuesday morning and they had rehearsal at 10 they walked out and said you can go you can go you can go sean you can stay and I walked right to rehearsals and started that day. Wow. And that, because I left the waiting room and went around the corner and curled up, you know, sitting down with my fists in my eyes the way I did when I did People Under the Stairs years before that, you know. And that I made sure that I did what I wanted to do. I wasn't being mean to anyone else. But I knew what I wanted to do in that little room with all these guys going, hey, yeah, it'll be fun. And they all went in there and went, <laughs> my Grammy died. And they were like, okay. But I walked in there truly crying. Yeah. And that's what booked me the job. So 
the waiting room is an important place and it's not there. You don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know the space you're going to have. Get in there. Get there early. Check it out. Go where you need to be. Find out your space that feels good. If you can sit there quietly and have a conversation. And, you know, a lot of us will have conversations and then say, hey, I'm, you know, they called the guy three ahead of me. So, excuse me. You know, maybe you can chat. But then you say, well, I'm coming up. So, Take care and take control of the waiting room. It's essential to acting and having a good audition. So there you go. That is my Parisian blue jacket <laughs> waiting room conversation. I, I don't know how it's Parisian at all, yeah, by well, the way. They probably do it the same there. They probably do it in a cafe. I don't know what I'm saying, and I'm going to call jet lag. Mm. The phone is jet lag. And that last part was jet lag. But you look suave, so you can't blame it too much. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to play both ways. If you haven't noticed, yeah, I'm trying to trying lean it. on the blue jacket for mm. anything good, then but then make pull, ex- back. pull back yeah. and make excuses. You can't really have it. I can't. Both yeah, ways, I'm trying to t- so take it both ways. So I got I'm gonna say that the blue jacket is so overwhelmingly awesome that sometimes it takes me into a place that confuses me. How's that? Is that better, uh, Jeff? I I think it's better overall. Okay. We're all all right. Yes. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's a very political. I see, feel the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better than the other one, but two, yeah. I see both sides. I see both sides. I see both sides. But as always, Roxy, where can we find you? Everywhere at Roxy Stryer, and I'm uh, very excited because by this time next week, I believe Sean and I will have had our own little session. So. Yes, I get to coach Miss Phenomenal you get on to, Monday. I get to be coached by you. I'm very yes. excited about it, so we'll definitely have stories for next time Yes, if you're watching with us in real time. And Mr. Fantabulous? You guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham, and if you want to catch me every Monday at 7 p.m. reviewing ABC's most ridiculous show, The Bachelorette. That's yes. Nice. A lot of actors on that show. A lot of actors on Uh-oh. that show. A lot of Uh-oh. aspiring actors on nice. that show. Nice. And you can find me at that guy SMW on Twitter and Instagram and Sean Whalen Peeps. So thank you for letting me be part of your journey. Merci beaucoup. Au revoir. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.